talk about that uh, because it is, it is imperative that we see the spectrum of uh, this scripture. So if you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's word, we'll only read one scripture today and then we will unpack the word of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after that. Now that is a crucial statement. After that. Everybody say, after that. He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you will minister. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us and then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We sanctify ourselves, we yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the Word of the Holy Spirit, whom we know is hearing from Jesus Christ and administering His direct Word of instruction, encouragement, peace. Truth and the glory that is that belongs to him directly to us. We thank you for that. We receive it, surrender ourselves to it in the name of Jesus Christ, the high priest of God. Amen and amen. Now we're talking today of the work of the man in the Godhead. There is a tremendous misunderstanding in the church. Concerning this fact. And we'll try to unfold that to you today. But the man in the Godhead is communicating to his body today by positioning the Holy Spirit to expose what it is that he began to do and to teach. That's how the book of Acts began. Luke said, all of the treatises, and then he said that the Word of God, what, what was started, was continued to both be done and be taught. And then he went to chapter verse 2 and he said, until the day that he was taken up. You see that? Because until he was taken up, he could never act as the man in the Godhead. See, now, we know that he ascended after he ran into Mary at the tomb. We know that he operated as high priest whenever he took the blood and made the sacrifice back to the Father. The writer of Hebrews tells us that he sprinkled blood in ministry on the vessels of ministry. We know that when he came back, both in the end of Mark and Matthew, he identified himself as having all power and authority. Paul went on to talk to us in Philippians chapter 2 and tell us that he became Lord. That at the name of Jesus, everything would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ was Lord. And that was the exalted name that he was given. And then we come to the book of Hebrews and we, or the book of Acts, and there we see that until the day in which he was taken up, 
which is defined for us in Acts chapter 1, what occurred on that day. But then something happened after that. Now I want you to see that. Something transpired after that. Now watch. In John chapter 20, something happened. What was it, Pastor? Well, the Bible said he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Didn't it? Well, what was that for? Well, that was the moment in time where the Holy Spirit operated in the disciples in such a fashion that they could receive what was done in the cross, by the cross, on the tomb, and in the resurrection. Now pay close attention here because I want you to see those two words after that. After that. I I'll say it one more time. After that. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you reading what I'm reading? He said, after that. So there was something that transpired after he was taken up there's something that happened that is relevant to the believer after he ascended into glory. What was that, Pastor? Well, he was seated at the right hand of, of majesty according to, to Peter's word. According to the book of Hebrews, he is the author and finisher of our faith who is seated at the right hand of majesty. Now, why would that be important? Because in his seating at the right hand of majesty, he returned to his position that he held from the foundation of the world. Now, why is that important? Well, Hebrews Acts chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that after that, he began to communicate. Now, what was the purpose of the sending of the Holy Spirit after that? After what, Pastor? After he ascended. Before he ascended, he had already been there, shed the blood for the ministry, came back as Lord, breathed on the, the, the disciples, and the disciples received the Holy Spirit. They received what the cross had done for them. Now that's the same thing you receive. They received what the tomb had done for them. That's the killing of the flesh. They received what the resurrection had done for them, but there was something after that. There was something after that. Now we know that after that, Acts chapter 2 happened, and the Holy Spirit was produced in the earth. When did it occur? Say it with me. After that. See it? After that. There was the occurrence of the release of the Holy Spirit. Why did the Holy Spirit, why was the Holy Spirit released? After that. Because we saw in John 20, the Holy Spirit in activity out of Jesus' own mouth in John 20, and we 
we saw him say to them, now that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will remit or retain sin. Huh? But something happened after that. He then went in and sat down at the right hand of majesty and began to communicate to his people. How did he do that? Well, Acts chapter 1 verse 2 tells us. He began to use the Holy Ghost as the mechanism where heaven, him being seated at the right hand of God, would communicate directly into the soul of men who would be the called according to his purpose. And he would tell them and instruct them and lead them and guide them into truth, give them what to say when what to say was required, and show them things to come. No. Now that kind of puts a hole in our theology, doesn't it? Because if we study this, probably 80% of the theologians that write on this will tell you that when you got saved, you got everything you ever needed. When you got saved, it was a one-cycle rinse. You were clean, taken care of, all of the Holy Ghost you would ever need. The salvation mechanism would bring you into the total understanding of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible does not tell you that. Because Luke wrote in the book of Acts that after that, something else happened. Can you see it? After that, something else happened. What was it? He began to give, to give commands. He, through the Holy Ghost, gave, had given commands. To the apostles. Now people are going to say, well, now bless God, Pastor. When the apostles left, all that Holy Ghost stuff went out the window. When the apostles left, there was no more mechanism of the Holy Spirit over in it. Is that true? Because whenever I read the Word of God and I went into the Bible and I saw Stephen, who was a disciple, he was full of the Holy Ghost. When I went into the Bible, I saw Philip, who was a man full of the Holy Ghost. When I went into the Bible, I saw Peter playing on the roof, a Jew who thought that this whole thing was just for the Jew. And the Lord taking him into a trance when he got hungry and saved him. Eat. And he said, no, I can't eat that. That's unclean. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, if I have pronounced it clean, then it's clean. Take and eat. The next thing you know, the people from the Italian Cornelius showed up at his house. He went to their house and the Bible said, while he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them. They were neither a nor were they disciples. <clears throat> well, that throws a hole in our theology, doesn't it? It puts a cramp in our doctrine, doesn't it? Because now the Holy Spirit has been in what people say. 
He said, well, I perceive when I look and see what I'm seeing that you've got the same thing we got. The same Holy Ghost fell on you after that that fell on us. You all have the same blessing of miracle of the Spirit of God that was given on the day of Pentecost. It came upon the house of Cornelius. Now we'll tell you something. This is a very little known fact. The Spirit of God was scattered throughout Samaria and Jerusalem and the apostles did not do it. Huh? The Bible clearly states that the apostles stayed in Jerusalem while the others were scattered into Judea and Samaria and there they took the word of God, preached the word of God, ministered in the spirit of God, and the word of God went into the two, the, now it was in three of the four places. Watch that now from that report. It had been in Jerusalem, now it was in Judea, and then it was in Samaria. But until Peter went to the house of Cornelius, it could never go into the rest of the world. Why? Because it had to get out of the it had to get into the hands of the Gentiles. So as God released in the person of Jesus Christ our man in the Godhead, as he released the Holy Spirit on the day of Acts, he brought it to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and subsequently through Cornelius and his house to the life of the Gentile. And now, after that, Commands from the throne room of God through the man in the Godhead would be given into all of the earth by the man in the Godhead who would utilize the Holy Spirit, whom he said would be a helper, would be an advocate, would be called alongside to give you insight, concepts, and ideas that you have no way to know, would show you things to come, and would give you what to speak. All of that came from the man of the Godhead. All of that came because of those two words. After that. After that. Well, what was that? What was it after? Well, it was after the cross. It was after the tomb. It was after the resurrection. It was after him ascending into glory, sprinkling blood on the vessels of ministry. It was after him being named, called, given the, the, the exalted name of the Lord. It was after that he did come back to me. It was after that he had breathed on them and said, Receive from the Holy Spirit. It was after that that he looked at him and said, Now whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. And now it is after that that you shall go into the city of Jerusalem. And there you will be endued with power, and that power will be from on high, and you shall become witnesses unto After that, he purposed the positioning of the Holy Spirit so that he could direct, control, cover, and minister 
to his people after that. Where did he do that from, Pastor? He did it from the throne room of God. Now look at this. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Gave us a tremendous message out of the spirit world. Now this was the same Peter, as I told you once upon a time, who just a few days earlier had denied him, but now all of a sudden he's full of the Holy Spirit and he's speaking from command. And he begins boldly, which is a product of the Holy Spirit, to tell the world who Jesus was. He said he is a man what? approved by God. But look at verse 39. He said, and for this promise is unto you. Now get that. But it had to get out of the hands of the Jews. He said it's under your children, but it had to get out of the hands of the Jews. It's under them who are afar off. Who is that? Well, it began in Cornelius' house. They were the ones, the Gentile, who was afar off. Now watch this. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise occurred not because of any other reason. The happening of the book of Acts occurred not because of any other reason. It happened, it occurred for one reason and one reason only. Jesus had been seated at the right hand of the throne. He had been seated in position where he could now release the promise that would go to the Jew and their children, to the Gentile and their children, and to all whom the Lord, our God, shall call. Now, isn't this amazing? Because I want you to see that. I want you to look at that highlighted scripture. I want you to see something in there. Because we have always looked at this and said, well, this was the promise of the Father. Through that came in death. But there are two names in there I want you to see. Do you see them yet? They're called Lord. And God. They're called Lord and God. They're called Lord and God. Who was Lord? Well, he was the one who was given all power and all authority, who Paul said was given the exalted name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So this thing that happened after that came directly from who? Our Lord. Who became what? Our God. He became our man in the Godhead. Peter identified him as such in Acts 2.39. He said, not only is he the Lord who has the power and the authority over everything in heaven, hell, and earth, he is our God. He is our man in the Godhead. He is the assurance, according to Colossians chapter 2, of the fullness of the riches of God. In Christ Jesus, he is the man communicated out of the Godhead. After that, what it is we are to do, where we are to go, how we are to live, the holiness and the peculiarity of our priesthood, he is the man in the Godhead. And Peter called him so in Acts 2 39. What? A God! We serve. He ain't leaving nothing out. He liked Ragu free and everything's up in there. Yeah. Everything's up in there. He said, Now who the Lord your God shall call. Now, let's look at that term call. 
Who does the calling? Who does the beckoning? Who does that? We always put that under the auspices and term of the Holy Spirit. We said the Holy Spirit draws. He is the ancient who convicts, convinces, and reproves. And this is true. But his activity is all after that. Executed through the commands of him that went to sin at the right hand of God. He does nothing independently. He does not act independently. He does not think independently. He does not move independently. And if we look at the word of God from the very beginning, whenever Jesus said the, the man in the Godhead said, like be, that was the moment when the Holy Spirit went into action. He did not do it on his own. He didn't think it on his own. He did not move on his own. He moved by the word that was produced for him and then created it exactly from the picture of the word that was spoken through him. He delivered and revealed. It's all in there, friends. It's all in there. It's the Lord our God that's called. And the Holy Spirit in his room. He's acting in your heart. What does it come from? Because the Lord our God spoke. See, we've never understood. We thought the Holy Ghost. We looked at the Holy Ghost and said, I got all I need. Never understanding that after that, there was a deeper revelation, there was a deeper move, there was a deeper anointing, there was a deeper communication that came directly from the throne room of God into the hearts and minds of man that would then allow them to navigate their world in such a way that they could live to be more than an overcomer. How did it happen? Because the Lord our God called. The Lord our God called. The Lord our God called. He communicated out of heaven and said something to the people. He communicated into your spirit and said something to you. He used the Holy Spirit who was sitting in his arms awaiting the word that would cause him to deliver something into mankind. That promise is for you. He is waiting to communicate to you. He's waiting to say to you, I'm ready to guide you. I'm ready to lead you. But we don't. I was praying this morning and I have to tell you. I said, Lord, what have I done to offend the Holy Spirit? What have I ever done? What am I doing now to offend the Holy Spirit? Because the reason we don't hear from Him is because we are living in ways that are offensive. We are living in ways that do not express our peculiarity. We are living in doubt. We are living in fear. We are living in ways that express 
that we are everything but what Jesus died for us to be. Our world is quickly spiraling out of control. Why? Because no one's hearing from God. No one's hearing from Jesus Christ who's seated at the right hand of God. We're not going into church with the expectation of hearing because we have the misguided perception that what God wants to do, he will do on his own without you. I preached and pastored a church one time where I taught the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A man came up to me and said, now, Pastor, God is God. And if he wanted me to have the Holy Ghost, I'd have the Holy Ghost. And I wanted to look at him, grab him by the neck, smack him upside the head. That, that, that's not how God does what he does. That's not what happened after the Holy Spirit came. That's not how the Lord does his business. I'm going to show you that in just a second. Even as the Lord I thought it called, this, this is a this is a embedded revelation of the Word of God that we missed. The Lord who is Lord over everything, in heaven and in hell, is now that same man in the Godhead. All you have to do is look in the scripture. Peter identified him as such. Paul identified him as such in Colossians chapter 2. The revealing of the Holy Spirit's infilling is the documentation of both his lordship and his position as our man in the Godhead. Now think about what I'm saying. The revealing of the Holy Spirit in your life that happened as it did for the apostles and the disciples and for Cornelius and for Paul and for all of the countless others that have built the church is the documentation that he is both Lord and that he is seated at the right hand of God. Why we know that? Because the first thing he did when he sat down was to release the Holy Spirit. The documentation is the Holy Spirit. From this location, he has provided the Holy Spirit to speak into the soul of those whom he has called. Now, who is he called? Everyone that the Holy Spirit has been moved upon, reproved of sin, judgment, and righteousness. Everyone of you has been called into the depth of relationship. The problem is we've never understood what happened after that? Therefore, we have never come in to the reality of what the man in the garden is trying to do. Someone said, now, Pastor, uh, our theology does not go there. Well, all i got to tell you is, look at Just look at it. You look at it and you tell me whether the world theology of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is working. You look at the evil in the world today that's pervasive everywhere and tell me, whether the message as we have attempted to teach it is working in the world today, is working in the church today. Whether the message of the means whereby we have tried to say, if you got saved, you got all you ever need, is it working? As a matter of fact, the world church is turning away from church and going to other means of ministry and fellowship. Why? Because they're seeking for something in the supernatural that the church has not produced or provided. Our world church today is not ministering to the world because we have never understood that until we can become witnesses of 
to him in the demonstration and power of the anointing and the revelation, we will never minister what the world is looking for. It's not going to happen by walking into a black, dark church. It's not going to happen by making the church dark. It's not going to happen by making the church's ministry sound like a rock concert. It's not going to happen by people jumping up and down as if they're in some deep state of worship. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen by five-minute messages. It's not going to happen by preachers who preach messages as if they're teaching kindergarten classes or they're teaching young people how to understand the scripture is not going to come that way. The Bible did not declare that to be so. He said you would be saved by the foolishness of preaching. The word of God does not contradict itself, nor does it lie. So we have turned our face from the man in the Godhead, and we wonder why our world socially, culturally, and politically is turned upside down whenever when the church now get this now because this is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. When the church came into the Holy Ghost, they, according to the scripture, turned the world upside down and we have decided that mechanism is not the mechanism and evil has turned the, the world back upside on its own track. Think about what I'm saying here. So we have walked away from the Holy Spirit. We have walked away from the truth in salvation. We tell people if you'll just say this, you're saved. People now are not getting saved in order to become servants or witnesses unto him. They're being told you get saved and you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. Well, Jesus died for that, friend. But it's bigger, deeper, broader, and greater than that. Going to hell is not the reason, or not going to hell, is not the reason why man should come to the cross and be forgiven of his sin, then go to the tomb and die to the flesh, then begin to come to the resurrection where the spirit of life comes up into you, and you are a changed, transformed individual. Hell is the byproduct of that. The purpose and the reason for you to know Jesus Christ is to be a witness unto him. Unto him. And it all happens after that. Let's move forward. Here's how the method of communication unfolds. And watch what I'm about to say. According to Jesus' own words, he speaks. The Holy Spirit hears. The Holy Spirit then does not speak anything of himself. He only speaks what he hears. So he speaks. The Holy Spirit, who according to Paul's writing in Acts chapter 8, is digging around to find out what? The will of God. The will of God for what purpose? For you and me. What will it do? It will cause all things to work together for good. Now watch this, because I don't want to leave this one call out. When the Bible said, for God so loved the world, 
We took that to mean that God's love was bigger than anything else, and it is huge. It is big. It is great. It is wonderful. But look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He said that all things work together for good to those who do what? Love God. The love of God does not transcend your reciprocal love for Him. Huh? It does not transcend your reciprocal love for Him, for God, for all things work together for good to those who love God. I said, for those who love God. And then those who love God become the called according to His purpose. Those are the ones to whom all things are working together for good. It is not because God is so deeply, and He has already shown you all of His love in Jesus Christ. Your reciprocal love to Him is what causes all things to work together for good. How will that all things working together for good? Uh, occur because the Holy Spirit is going to be released with the will of God to speak directly to you. And when he speaks directly to you, he will give you something that will help you navigate your world. So he speaks. The Holy Spirit who is digging around with him as your helper advocate is here. He then delivers the word of the man in the godly. What does he then do? He reveals it. Now here's where the train falls off the tracks. Because unless you're in love with him, and living in love with him, and are understanding the call according to his purpose, you become too distracted to hear the Holy Spirit. You become too busy. You become too workmanlike. You become too focused on the things that you are called to do in this world. And the callings of the rudiments of this world become bigger than the calling of God. So therefore, the Holy Spirit who is being released. Now, remember I asked the question, what do I do to offend? What do I do to offend the Holy Spirit? Well, I just told you. We become so focused on the rudiments of this world. We become so focused on the things that this world requires of us. That when the Holy Spirit has delivered and attempted to release it into your life, you're in no position to hear it. You're in no position to receive it. You're in no position to take it. Oftentimes it's because you walk in unforgiveness. Oftentimes it's because you walk in distraction. Oftentimes you walk into the deceit of the world. What did the Word of God say? Resist the devil and he'll free free from you. Draw nigh unto me, and I will what? Draw nigh unto you. So we often are not in position to receive it. Now, when we are in position to receive it, what must we do? We must then release it. How do we release it? We put our faith in what the Holy Spirit has said to us. Now, so here we go. We're praying about healing. Now, watch this now. And we come to him in prayer. And we put it under his lordship. Now watch how we release it. We roll the cares of it over on him. We say you're lord of it. And the Holy Spirit says yes he is lord of it. And the man in the Godhead says now he as lord of it. 
is going to operate on me. And the Spirit of God is going to release to you, reveal to you, deliver to you from the throne room of God enough grace so that you can not only live in whatever it is is your weakness, but you can be healed by the promises that are in the blood. And now what do you do? Well, you begin to buy faith. Gravitate to it. Hold on to it. Take it. Pronounce it back to him. You release it. By faith, I receive by him. I'm walking in my wellness. My faith has said to me that the Holy Spirit has spoken in my spirit. And that Holy Spirit is at work. It did not speak on its own. It did not speak because he made up the idea that he would do it. And maybe God would then do something else about it. He is speaking to you because of what the man in the Godhead is saying. And you then turn around and say, I received that. I release that by the word of my mouth. Faith cometh by hearing and hear it by the word of God. Who has spoken the man into God here? What does he reveal through the Holy Spirit? That healing belongs to you, and your faith can now be released out of your mouth. You can speak the word in agreement with the man in the Godhead, not a word of foolishness, not a word because you decided you would just say something about it because you heard someone talking about speaking into existence, but a word that came out of the garden that showed you. Peter walked to the gate, got done. Peter walked to the gate, called you. There was a man there who had been there for years, begging alms. Peter walked by and looked at him, and the man looked up to him and asked him for an alms. Peter looked at him and said, no, brother, silver and gold, I don't have anything out of my flesh or my intellect to give you. You see it? I don't have anything out of my body to give you. I don't have anything monetarily to give you. So I don't have anything attached to this world to give you. Even if I did, it wouldn't help you. Because it would take you from where you are until you spent what I gave you. And then you'd be right back in the same folks you are. So Peter looked at it and he said something out of the spirit world. He said, now, such as I have, what did he have? He had the, the voice of the man in the Godhead. How come? Because after that, he gave commands. After he left, he gave commands to the Holy Ghost. He had the spirit of God that had been with the man in the Godhead. And then he spoke to the man at the gate, Temple Beautiful, and said to them, I don't have anything in the natural to give. The world does not need anything in the natural. It is gentle, it's passing, it's superficial. They need such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. A Nazareth rise up and walk, and he took him by the hand, and he leaped to his feet, and he began to praise the living God. He had heard from the man in the dog end. That's what the Holy Ghost did. Peter released by faith, what did he say? This man, by faith, in him, in the faith in him, has been made whole and sound in your own sight. This one whom you crucified, whom you killed, has been made whole. What happened? All of a 
a sudden they begin to turn to that God. Name Jesus. Why isn't the world turning? Because the people of God are not expressing. The actions, the words, and the deeds of the man of the gospel that are brought into the earth by the Holy Spirit. That are produced and delivered and revealed by the Holy Spirit. We are not receiving that because we don't believe that. Because we never understood that what happened in John 20 was not all. It was just the beginning. But in Acts chapter 1, he said after that, after he had ascended, things changed. This world changed. The release of the Holy Spirit changed. The work of the Holy Spirit changed. Now I'm going to close by saying this to you. If you were to understand what I'm saying, you would realize one thing. That every day of your life, the man that died on the cross, that was buried in the tomb and raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of God to speak to you. His purpose is to speak to you. His purpose is to minister to you. Now we have sent the Holy Spirit back. Because we never understood that his role is to speak for Jesus. His role is to speak for Jesus. That's what he does. It is Jesus himself out of the gospel of speaking. He is giving you the assurance of the fullness of the riches that belong to and he is manifesting it through the Holy Spirit. Now you make a decision. What do you want? Are you satisfied with your life? Are you satisfied with the world as it is? Because if you're not, God has made a way. He has given you the answer about how to communicate in the throne room of God. And you hear Jesus daily speaking in your life. He's given it to you. He's provided it for you, brother. Acts 2.39 told us that Luke told us. Now here's where we are. Pastor, I want, I want the Holy Spirit. I need I desire to hear from you. I'm willing to surrender myself. Now, whatever that means is what I'll do. I'll stop offending you by my distractions, by my rudiments of this world, and by my lack of focus on you. If it means that I surrender to the Holy Spirit and He's baptizing me with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I will. Why? Because I want Jesus 
to speak to me directly, completely, to lead me directly, completely, to be specific to me directly and completely. Father, I thank you for the word. I pray that your word would minister in the lives of men. God, only they know where they are, what their belief system calls for. Only they know what it is that they lack <laughs> and that they need in their life. Only they know. And you, of course. So I ask you to reveal yourself. I ask you to speak today through the Holy Spirit. Minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to those who are asking. Minister direction of hearing. Let us have ears to hear. Let it all come to the ministry of the Spirit. We thank you. Forgive us our sins, God. Forgive us our offenses. Forgive us of our deeds that cause us to run over you and not listen to you. Forgive us. Although I pray that you will manifest your spirit into the heart and life of you. And I thank you for this. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Father, we praise you today. Receive your word. Under all and any conditions, under any place that it takes us, God, we receive your word. We receive truth. We don't receive what we conceive it to be. We don't receive what we think it is. We receive truth out of the word of God. We receive it. We take it. It belongs to us. Minister in our heart. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your word. Out of the Godhead, manifest yourself to us so that we, God, we can be led into the life of an overcomer and be the witness unto you that you have called us to be. Father, we receive that. We honor you for that. Teach us. Teach us. We give you praise in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest. Give the Lord a hand clap for us. The media ministry today, if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to know him from today. Simply pray, Father, for you and your son. I will make you the Lord of my If you're willing to do that, he will come and say, Attach your faith to him and begin to work. Get into the word of God, find a church that's preaching the truth of the word of God. Find a church that's preaching the truth. Get in there and let the Holy Spirit come in. If you pray that prayer today, we'd love to hear from you. I pray for those who are listening to sound of my voice, who are not doing well for the Lord. 
I ask the Holy Spirit. I speak. I speak. Through the revelation and the revealing of the Holy Spirit. I release it. Put your faith on Walk through it. Even when all is true. I speak to those today from revelation from the revealing of the Holy Spirit. Those that are discouraged. I speak to you from the revelation of the Holy Spirit and of the God who speaks. And I say to you that in Jesus Christ, there is peace. There is joy. There is the glory of grace and mercy, long suffering, goodness. So if you're discouraged today, Jesus. I will release you. His spirit is being released by faith. Release your faith and receive what he's doing. You don't have to be hurt. You don't have to be discouraged. I speak to those of you today that are mourning. Those of you today that have been injured. I say to you today that there is a comfort. He will surround you with love. He will give you peace in the middle of your struggle. He will let you and keep you. Come under the shadow of his wings and find rest. Rely on him. Rely on him. He is a God. God bless you until we meet again tonight at six o'clock. Amen.